an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to the Lombardi line on VSIN and DraftKings Network. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings. Mike Palm in for Michael Lombardi, who's getting a little bit of time away right now. Stormy Bon and Tony with you, but always appreciative. You're willing to step in on these Fridays, which is the first of many Stormy and Mike Palm Fridays to come. Steph had an idea for a segment for us, by the way, that I don't know what it would entail. So we kind of have to work around the name. But the palm before the storm has a really nice ring to it. Now you have to make it make sense. Exactly. No, right? That's that, that, that is our task now, is <laughs> figuring out what the hell that segment would actually be. Later we'll have, does palm have a qualm? Yes. Right? <laughs> We're, we, we love wordplay around here. Uh, that'll be fun, though. So we'll get into some, some long shot bets that we'll see. If it is something that you might have a qualm Did you come with, up with or if you want to fire on it. Palm before I the came qualm? up with a couple. I like the NFL, uh, NFL, NHL futures ones. Those were those were pretty good. We've got a few in there that that I think are good that will get yeah. your your yeah. brain thinking a little bit down the stretch. Um, we'll get into plenty of NFL obviously this hour as well. Lots of combine talk, quarterback news coming out that does not revolve around the first three picks in the draft. <laughs> but we'll have ESPN's Field Yates join us. Um, he's been doing a great job with NFL Live out there in Indy this week, and he and Mel Kiper are very much so into all of the mock drafts and potential trades and all of that. So I think that'll be a good conversation coming up. I met him at Radio Row this year, Field Yates. He's, he's like he's 18 years old. He looks so young. Doesn't age. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, very, very nice yeah. guy, though, mm-hmm. and obviously super knowledgeable in this space. Let's get into uh, some of the news items, though, that have come out because we've heard from GMs, coaches, mm-hmm. now players all at the podium out there in Indy. And NFL Network's James Palmer had an interesting take this week about what the Falcons are going to do at quarterback. And there's been a ton of talk because we heard the quotes from Raheem Morris about um, he want to fit for the city in addition to the team. And that got a lot of people thinking about Justin Fields, who has already been connected to this team because it's his home, yada, yada, yada. Well, Palmer thinks a dark horse for the Falcons could actually be Baker Mayfield. What do you think? I hadn't thought of that, honestly, when I read that. I, I, I hadn't 
connected it. And this is another, the coaching angles mm -hmm. that they re, you reunite with something, you know, stick to the devil, you know, and something that's familiar um, with with Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson uh, along that same angle with the, the commanders and Cliff Kingsbury and, and Caleb Williams. It's an interesting thought. I mean, they they need quite an upgrade at quarterback, right? They've built they've built this offense to have all these weapons, right? I mean, you, you so many top ten picks, and you wonder how they're utilizing them or not utilizing them, and a lot of that that had to do with the quarterback and and Ritter's inability to do that. Baker's interesting. I think he benefited um, in Tampa Bay from playing in a pretty conservative system. Uh, to having some good talent around him in a defense that could keep games keep games under control, um, and he performed well last year. Um, what do you think his arc is going to be? Is his arc going to be what we saw last year in Tampa Bay, uh, or his arc going to be more like the majority of his, his NFL career? Um, I would still lean against this. If you put a yes, no price on Baker to Atlanta, I'd probably lay a pretty yeah. decent four five to one that that's not going to happen. And I don't know how this goes in with the city narrative of Atlanta and Baker Mayfield. I don't know. They got to come up with some of that soccer mojo where they got. Oh, I mean, that, that, have you ever seen the Atlanta United games? They're they're not even that good of a team and they, they sell the place out and they're so excited. And then the Falcons yeah. games, they don't have that kind of energy. Uh, it's the same thing in Charlotte. Charlotte FC. Oh, yeah. Like, is a huge deal. They've got tons of fans in the stands. Like and it's soccer in the southeast, and it's, it's so hugely yeah. popular, and, and it's supposed to be football. That's the religion. Meanwhile, you, we, also, we saw all those pictures at the end of the year for the Panthers, well, and it was just abysmal. You no. could get tickets for 45 cents. That's why uh, <laughs> David Tepper is now raising ticket prices out there. Great. Good for you. Anyways. But, no, I'm with you. I think Baker stays with the Bucks, and that's what a lot of the conversation has been. He's been very open about wanting to stay there. It feels like they like what they got out of him and if and it's just what you said if he's able to build on that and or maintain it versus reverting back to the player that we've seen a lot of fields by the way minus 425 right now at DraftKings <laughs> to go to Atlanta ultimately do you think that's where he ends up I keep saying what system best, best fits him and I think having a strong running game and a good tight end does benefit him the problem the read with option game I feel like would be so fun with him and Bijan the problem with him is he takes so long to read the field, right? He's so long in his progressions um, that it's tough for him to be a, a great drop back passer. So you got to keep him moving and stuff like that. Yeah, it could be. I, I, I'm going to go off the because the next topics might be Pickett here in Pittsburgh, though. And I asked this to Michael when we were we were on the program. I keep thinking that Russell Wilson could, could land in Pittsburgh. I, I think that would be a spot for him. Um, He's a favorite too right because now. Because of Arthur Smith. Because of what Arthur Smith wants out of his quarterback. And he wants a quarterback that's going to be under center. There's very few that do that. Russell Wilson is still an under center quarterback. A quarterback that that is a good at the ball fake, which he's always been throughout his career and uses that play action. I know Michael said he thinks it just might be he's deteriorated to the point where he's, he's not sustainable, but he will have a job. I just, I think this Steelers and Wilson makes a lot of sense. And at 225... Um, it would be a bet I would make if I if I had access to it.
Minus 225 to go to Pittsburgh, plus 550 to come here to play with the Raiders in Vegas, 6 to 1 to stay with the Broncos, which how how is that even in the six top to 3? 6 to 1, bets? that's missing two zeros. That, yeah, exactly. Not one that's, zero. That ain't going to happen. No. But just throw that out there. Steelers general manager Omar Khan, he deflected some questions about yep. a possible trade whether it be for Fields or free agent target um with Russell Wilson when he inevitably gets released because that's what's going to happen despite what the odds are telling us with the Broncos. Um he, he said that he would look at every avenue, but he also said, and he made it very clear, they have full faith in Kenny Pickett and are excited about the impact that Arthur Smith could have on him. They also really want to bring back Mason Rudolph, and he talked about the competition angle. Terry Bradshaw said openly the other day that he thinks it would be a terrible idea to trade for Justin Fields or anybody else. He loves Kenny Pickett, loves his poise, <laughs> loves his competitiveness. But don't we also love points? Don't we also love a productive offense? Like Kenny Pickett's missing something for that group. I know everybody loves him as a person and wants him to have success. And they picked him as a first round selection a couple years ago. But I don't think that he has what it takes to get that offense to the next level. I don't think it was just Matt Canada. I think Pickett was a big part of that. No, I think we would have seen it already. And there's been plenty of Pittsburgh games that I, that I had a position in that I've been watching closely. And he just doesn't get you there. He doesn't get you into the end zone. He doesn't get you doesn't get you points on key drives. He's only thrown one one. He's had one game with multiple touchdowns and twenty four starts. One. We would have seen it already, Stormy. I'm not there with him, and and I know the narrative was great, the hometown and played and and all that, but it didn't happen. And I and I think they have to be willing to move on at this point. Another quarterback that is in the headlines, uh, Zach Wilson, <laughs> Albert Breer, good friend of the show here, MMQB Sports Illustrated, said one of his coaches told Breer on Wednesday that he still believes Zach Wilson is made of the right stuff and can find success if he can achieve a level of consistency that he couldn't get in New York. Do you believe that Zach Wilson, maybe a change will do him good, and if he is in a different situation, that he can still be a, a good NFL quarterback? No, I don't. I, I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a good leader. I think that leadership intangible that we talk about is very important. Um, and he has not shown that in New York at all. The same reason I think that Mac Jones failed. These guys are not, for whatever reason, don't have the maturity level to deal with obstacles that they have and a lack of success that didn't translate maybe necessarily immediately from college into the pros. And um, another guy with a lot of off-the-field issues. I think another team that needs to move on they took a shot I mean obviously a huge shot at number two overall and it didn't work out can a fresh start and people that don't have preconceived notions about a person allow them to create a different image of themselves sure I'm not sure if he's good enough I mean he had one decent game that game on that Sunday night against Kansas City where he actually looked like he was in command of that offense and they probably should have won that game somehow they let the Chiefs take eight and a half minutes <laughs> off the clock to go 47 yards with a bunch of nonsense penalties and stuff that that kept him in the game but other than that he really hasn't shown any flashes and he's had a running game with him as well that he hasn't been able to use as a compliment see and I would say he has had flashes he's mm -hmm. had moments but uh, what's that saying like flashes get you fired the, the potential, I guess, for you see some of those moments of what he could be, but he just he isn't that guy. And we, we haven't seen it be consistent. He's four and seven in his 11 starts this year, had the worst QBR in the National Football League of the 30 qualified quarterbacks. And I know it was a tough position that he was in because 
a lot of things changed with Aaron Rodgers stepping in offensively. But when Aaron Rodgers is done, four snaps in, do you not start to work an offense around the guy that you have and try to play to his strengths? It's like they did that for two games and then it was out to dry. So I don't think there's a belief at all in him, despite what this coach said to Albert Breer. I think he's done. I think that he's going to be a backup or a third string quarterback in this league moving forward. And that's about the ceiling for Zach Wilson now. I don't disagree with you, Stormy. Um, the the Jets also, by the way, I, I don't think that this surprised anybody, but they have given Zach Wilson permission to <laughs> to seek a trade. The offensive line, though, is what they got to get figured out. They have to go tackle in, in the first round, right? Well, they have to. They've got to be able to protect Rodgers. I mean, you're going to have uh, a quarterback that, that has very limited mobility here that you've staked your future to. And it's the same thing we said in Cincinnati with Burrow. If you can't protect him, he's no good. The numbers, one of the worst in the NFL last year, as we know just with our eye test, but a pass block win rate of 50% that led them to allowing pressure on 35% of dropbacks, fifth highest rate in the league, which in turn led to their quarterbacks being sacked on dropbacks at the fourth highest rate. Like, you cost your quarterback his entire season four snaps into the game, and it did not get better. And they need to run the ball more effectively as well. Lots of things that need to get fixed in Jets country on the field and behind the scenes with all the issues that they've had coming out about Robert Sala, about Nathaniel Hackett. So we'll see how things look coming up in 2024. Coming up here on the Lombardi line, ESPN's Field Yates is going to join us. We're going to discuss the combine where he thinks those top three quarterbacks are going to go and more. We'll be right back. I'm Antonia Blythe and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription today and get your first year for only $199 instead of the typical price of $240. Just use our promo code Lombardi. Get VSIN Pro access to everything we do for an entire year, including our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, 24 7 video access, plus our upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every game and round of the tournament. Remember, use that promo code Lombardi. That'll get you your first year of VEASAN Pro Access for only $199. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Wow. I was doing so well until the end there. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Uh, Mike Zomich in for Michael Lombardi today as we turn our attention to the NFL Combine and all of the headlines that are coming out of the first day where we had true media availability, a bunch of head coaches and general managers at the podium, most notably Bears GM Ryan Poles discussing what they want to do at quarterback, what the plan is for Justin Fields moving forward. Um, What he did come away saying is as it pertains to Justin Fields, he wants to do right by him and a couple other things coming out with the number one overall pick that they would really need a significant offer in order for them to move off of that pick. It it sounds to me like they already know what they want to do, Mike, but let's hear straight from the source himself in Ryan Poles. When do you want to know what you're going to do? Tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? Or? I would love to know as soon as possible. Uh, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. I think he knows Justin Fields just might not know yet. How do you see it, Mike? Yeah, I think everyone knows, right? Justin Fields is gone. He's he's going somewhere. The question is where it feels like it's Atlanta. I know we've seen a ton of buzz toward Atlanta over the last week because of the podcast that Justin mm-hmm. Fields went on, because of some of the comments that we have seen, uh, the fit with the city that we heard about, the Atlanta looking for someone that fits the city well. And hey, guess what? That's Justin Fields. So uh, to me, it feels like it's almost a done deal. The question really left is, What's going to be the price on Justin Fields? And he's a key domino when you're looking at the overall quarterback market because we've got a couple teams that feel like they need quarterbacks. And Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins are the best two available. It feels like Kirk Cousins is going to go back to Minnesota. We'll see if that deal gets done or not. We can talk about that a little bit later. Then Justin Fields is the other key because we've seen him be linked to Pittsburgh. We've seen him be linked to Atlanta. If I'm a betting man, and guess what I am, I would go ahead and bet Atlanta here, depending on what the odds are. We know that came down from DraftKings because there's been so many rumors about where he is going to end up here. But it feels like this is getting close to happening. Justin Fields is going to be shipped out somewhere. It feels like it's going to be Atlanta at this point, Stormy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Unfortunately, I don't think we can bet it right now because DraftKings and other sports books have taken that market down where things sit right now because of exactly what you mentioned with him on the St. Brown Bros podcast. And when he was asked about following those Atlanta players and what he thinks about the Falcons for somebody who hadn't thought about it, he seemed to have really thought about it and would like them to add another wide receiver. Right. So um, that portion of it and then exactly what Raheem Morris had to say, speaking about what he's looking for in a quarterback in Atlanta 
Atlanta is a guy who fits the team, who fits what the coaches want to do, who fits the city, and a guy who's homegrown from Atlanta, even actually went to Georgia immediately out of college. I think a lot of people forget because of the storied success that he had at Ohio State, but a Georgia boy through and through. So a lot of interesting ties there. And I would love him in Atlanta personally. I think that that's a roster and an offense that has so much meat that was left on the bone. And maybe a change will do you good if you're Justin Fields after coming from an organization like Chicago that is just, I feel like, known in recent history for having a lot of failure when it comes to developing quarterbacks and seeing what maybe a new space and a new system can do for him. Yeah, I think it's a great fit for him. I mean, if you look back to last year, he's he's a significantly better version of Desmond Ritter, who was quarterback there last year. He's not going to turn the football over inside the red zone like Ritter consistently did. The division is atrocious. The weapons are an upgrade from what he has in Chicago. And you mentioned the market is off the board of DraftKings. There are other markets you can attack, though, if you would like to try and find a way to get some exposure toward uh, toward fields going to Atlanta. You can bet them to win the NFC. You can bet them to win the division. Both of those still on the board. So if you want to play Atlanta, in those type of scenarios, I think there's some value in doing that. You can even bet them to win the Super Bowl at a pretty long price right now. And the beauty of playing them at, you know, those 40 to one numbers to win the Super Bowl and the 20 to one range to win the NFC is you if they get fields, they should win this division. If they win the division, all of a sudden you can monetize those tickets when it comes time in the playoffs. I agree. And you mentioned him being a significant upgrade from Desmond Ritter. Uh Atlanta Falcons new head coach Raheem Morris did not mince words when he was asked about the state of the team's offense. Hear this. I'm not afraid to say that we have the ability and we are capable to go out there and win next year. If we do some of the right things, some of the right moves, we can do that. And that's not an arrogance. That's not a confidence. That's not a cockiness. That is more of a credit to the people that were in the building with me still and some of the people that are not there now and what they've been able to do. You know, if we had better quarterback play last year in Atlanta, I might not be standing here. If we had better quarterback play last year in Atlanta, I might not be standing here. Like the lie detector test has determined that is not a lie. Like he is, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. And I know that it's, it sounds cold. And if you're Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, you're probably not feeling particularly confident right now, but it's the truth. And I applaud Raheem Morris for just being open and honest about it. Yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, they cost them four games, cost them division most likely. I mean, just the red zone turnovers alone were absolutely atrocious. As someone who bet Atlanta way too much last year, <laughs> it was so frustrating to watch them on offense. And it's not just that. It's He mentioned some people who are in the building who are not the weapons that we have. Guess what? I think they're probably going to get the ball to their best players next year, which is something we didn't see all of last mm -hmm. year either. We saw them not give the ball to Bijan. It was always Algiers. It was Patterson later in the year. They haven't figured out how to use pits in three years. They have the weapons in the building. They have the pieces. It's just putting those pieces together and completing the puzzle. And the last piece left is getting a quarterback in the room that can do that. And look, I'm not a huge Justin Fields guy. But when you look at what his talent set is and you put it on that team, if you have him running, you know, read option with yeah. Bijan and then being able to throw it to guys like London, to guys like Pitts, if he wants to throw the football, it's a beautiful setup for him. He also gets to play on turf, one of the fastest fields in the NFL prior to that. He was playing one of the slowest fields in the NFL. So a massive difference from that perspective as well for Justin Fields. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields. But this Atlanta team could be dangerous once they get to the playoffs with Justin Fields. And so I, I feels like it's a perfect match made in heaven here. And I agree with Morris. Look, he's right. He wouldn't have that job if the quarterbacks played better last year. 
He also wouldn't have that job if Arthur Smith and that that regime didn't bet on those quarterbacks. I think we all knew going into the season it wasn't going to be pretty. Yeah, and to your point, anything can happen once you get to the tournament, and that's a division that is certainly up for grabs if they play it right. Uh, Another quarterback domino that needs to fall is going to be Russell Wilson. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a minus 225 favorite for Russell Wilson to be their next QB1, but he's still at where things sit right now is the Denver Broncos quarterback, and Sean Payton said yesterday he hopes to have an answer on Wilson's future coming within the next two weeks. Um, Justin Fields and and Russell Wilson, I think the the biggest dominoes that we need to see how these things play out. Yeah, and then you have Pittsburgh and Atlanta who both need quarterbacks. And it feels like if one goes gets one, the other that the quarterback who is left ends up in the other spot. Justin Fields seems like the prize to me here. And the fact that Denver has not really figured out slash they already know they're cutting him, but they have not (laughs) cut him yet means that he can't go somewhere to decide his landing spot. So it feels like Fields makes the move first. It seems like that's Atlanta. And then you'll see Russell Wilson get cut and end up in Pittsburgh most likely. So we're starting to see the movement that we were expecting. It's nice to have all the GMs in one spot so that they can actually give us some information here right now, even though this is going to be one of those weak combines where it doesn't seem like anyone's actually going to participate. So we'll, we'll see what happens from that perspective. But it does feel like this Russell Wilson to Pittsburgh is also gaining more and more steam because Fields to Atlanta seems to be a thing. Which means the Broncos Broncos are going to have to figure out what's next for them in the position, as you as you referenced there with with the combine side of it. But take a listen to this quote from Sean Payton. It's great. I, I, I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there was a, a Bronco fan with a shirt on and there was like eight quarterbacks names with a cross through it, you know, and, and he's drinking the quarterback Kool-Aid. And, I, you know, our, our job is to make sure that this next one, you know, doesn't have a line through it. Simeon Osweiler, all the names. And then you see Wilson at the bottom already scratched off. So for somebody who's saying they they hope to have something figured out in the next two weeks, it sounds pretty clear that they already know that they're moving off of Russell Wilson. It's just a matter of where. And unfortunately for them, they're still going to have to pay him. So I'm sure they're happy that they got the salary cap bump this year. Yeah, the salary cap definitely helps them out because of all the dead cap money they're going to have. And I mean, based on all the rumors we're hearing it, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a line through J.J. McCarthy's name on that T-shirt next, because he's now been rumored to be the hot quarterback who's moving up in the first round of the draft, which is wild to me. I have him as like a third round guy. So the fact that he's out there in the first round seems crazy, but it feels like Denver is going to reach to try and go get someone. They've got one quarterback on the roster right now, one single year left in his deal. That kind of feels like the bridge deal. You want to get a quarterback in the draft this year so that you can try and groom them to be the quarterback of the future. it feels like a reach if they take J.J. McCarthy right there at the 12 spot but we'll see if they decide to make that decision well Russell Wilson wasn't his guy so if he likes J.J. and wants to develop him and if that's someone he believes in then you do you Sean Payton if it's something that'll make you happy the offense will flourish who knows Uh, we're gonna hit the break here This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Baseball is back, and what better way to hit off the grapefruit and cactus leagues than with VEASAN's free MLB betting primer. This primer will tell you how to bet on spring training and continues all season long with our VEASAN experts' World Series futures analysis. Our free MLB betting primer has basic baseball betting advice for those new to betting the MLB, plus a breakdown on how to use Saber metrics for our more data-driven bettors. Make this your best season yet. Download the free MLB betting primer now. Again, that's for free at VEASAN.com slash guide. B-S-I-N.com slash guide. This is the Lombardi line. Mike Palm in for Michael Lombardi today. Stormy Tony with you live from downtown Las Vegas. But we're heading out to Indy where the NFL Combine rolls on. ESPN's Field Yates joining us now at Field Yates on X. And we're, we're having some of the big dogs hit the podium today. Caleb Williams certainly not afraid to do things his own way. Not only is he not throwing at the Combine, but he's the first player ever not to do the medical field which is obviously very unique. What's the reaction been to Caleb Williams today? Yeah, I'd say for the most part, guys, thanks for having me on, by the way. I'd say for the most part, uh, I think it's more of a reality of an, an acknowledgement from people around the NFL that the combine as we know it is not the same anymore. We're going to see more and more and more of this. As players are taking matters into their own hands. You know, when you have a deep, uh, potentially complicated medical history, it's important for you to have the various testing done. If you're a player like Michael Penix Jr., quarterback from Washington, who's had two ACL tears and two separate season-ending shoulder injuries, that's where the stuff like the medical really matters. But for guys who have a relatively clean bill of health or guys that have done everything you can do on tape to show what kind of prospect you are, the impact of missing out on these various portions of the combine a lot less dramatic than it would be under different circumstances. I think this event is still wonderful and integral to the NFL pre-draft process, but it's taken on new shape. And I think teams that don't acknowledge that are only fooling themselves. Field from a betting perspective, Caleb Williams, overwhelming choice. You have to lay 10 to one to go to the bears at number one. And then the market becomes interesting between two and three with Drake may and Jaden Daniels with Drake may being a slight favorite to go second to the commanders. Is the combine a place where Jaden Daniels stock will rise um, because when he runs the 40 and, and these different physical drills that they're going to do, do you think this will have an effect on the betting markets? Uh, I'd actually be surprised if Jaden does anything physical this week. I suspect that he'll uh, save all that for the uh, pro day itself. And, you know, I, uh, you know, having studied some of these betting markets over the years, I don't know that we have a great feel on these things typically this far out. So, um, I've told people this repeatedly. The only time, the only way that I'll feel really confident in one of those quarterbacks, Caleb, excuse me, uh, Jaden Daniels or Drake may being the uh, likely pick at number two is if Adam Schefter reports something. Otherwise I'm going to continue to go with what I have felt throughout this process, which is that they're both nip and tuck for that number two overall spot in the entire draft. I mean, Jaden Daniels, so electric dynamic runner will, immediately change the way that you can play defense. Meanwhile, Drake May is six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds, terrific arm, only twenty one years old. Jaden Daniels will be twenty four uh, at the end of his rookie season. So you're getting a little bit more time on your side if you're a team that values that. So um I really feel like up until April twenty fifth, absent some really solid reporting from uh someone like my great colleague Adam Schefter, I'm gonna feel uncertain about how that number two pick will go. 
And, you know, to your earlier point, it's still so early in the process. But what are your thoughts on one of those top three teams potentially trading out of one of those spots for somebody trying to get up there to get a quarterback or even the Chicago Bears who do have that top overall pick right now? There's been some conversation of would a Washington really go all in and try to get up to that number one selection? Yeah, you know, I think if uh, Washington were to do that, the price would be quite prohibitive. And the only reason that you're going to move up from two to one is that you have a singular quarterback prospect that you view as the guy that can kind of change your franchise going forward. So I sort of view that as uh, Chicago would be carrying a significant amount of leverage and be able to demand a steep price for that. So um, it's definitely possible a team could trade up into the top three. Right now, though, I don't have a great sense of how likely it is or what teams that might be. I just think it's possible, but uh, truthfully, I think that um, the top three teams in this year's draft class would be most wise to simply mm-hmm. stay where they are and take a quarterback in the case of the Bears, likely Caleb Williams, and the case of the Patriots, whichever is left over at three, and the commanders have the tougher decision at pick number two. Field, I think the Chargers are very interesting at number five uh, with, with Jim Harbaugh coming in and a philosophy on how he wants to build this team. Do you think that the Chargers will draft uh, a skill position players like, like Bowers or, or Romazune from, from Washington? Or do you think that they are more likely to try to build uh, both sides of both lines, offensive and defensive line, and and they will draft either uh, Alt from Notre Dame or, or, or Fashanu from Penn State? Yeah, I think Joe Alt's probably the player that if I were to do my mock draft 2.0 right now, I'd end up there once again. You know, we'll see. I'm sort of reading tea leaves here, but, you know, the words from not just Jim Harbaugh, but also Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, and also Joe Ortiz, their offensive, excuse me, their general manager, all, you know, they all talked about physicality and talked about running the football. So I'm sort of following the lead of the powers that be out there in Los Angeles to draw me to taking an offensive tackle at pick five overall. But um, I, I think the world of Malik neighbors and Roma Dunze is prospects. And if they don't keep Keenan Allen and, or Mike Williams, wide receiver all of a sudden becomes a pretty prominent need there for the Chargers. ESPN NFL insider Field Yates joining us live on the Lombardi line. Do you have a sense of when we might get any information for Russell Wilson, for Justin Fields and and the Broncos and Bears moving off of those two players? Do you think that happens in the next week? Uh, I think Russell Wilson happens by the start of the league year, like right around it would be my guess, just because, you know, the minute you move on from him, you kind of have some clarity on the situation and you can attack free agency as a result of that. Meanwhile, with uh, with Justin Fields, you know, I'm, I'm going to follow the lead of Ryan Poles, who said basically, we want this wrapped up sooner than later. We think we owe it to the kids. So, um, yeah, I, I think both of those are probably taking place uh, relatively soon here, if I had to guess. Field, I want to ask you about the coaching carousel that we've seen so far this offseason. What move, either from a head coaching perspective or coordinator's perspective, has most surprised you? Um. I would say probably that neither of Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel is a head coach, but that would be my biggest surprise. Um, just because, you know, Bill Belichick's the greatest ever in the case of Mike Vrabel, very accomplished head coach for uh, the Titans and somebody who I think has a real chance to be head coach and be a really good one again in future years. Have you heard anything about the 49ers and their defensive coordinator search? If they're starting to hone in on who they might land? I haven't. Um, I, I've, I've seen a couple of the names that they have either requested their interview or they have interviewed as of yet. But the reality for the 49ers is that 
they're not competing with anybody for a defensive coordinator. So, well, I don't think this uh, search will drag on. Uh, it's not as if they need to have this wrapped up by tomorrow or the next day because whoever their top candidate is, uh, they are likely competing only against other candidates for that 49ers job. Last thing before we let you go, um, I, I was scrolling through your Twitter and obviously a lot of great content coming out of the NFL Combine and NFL <laughs> News, but nothing made me happier than seeing the truth being preached about the goat of chocolate candies in the Reese's eggs. Like oh. Reese's shapes only. It's the most important thing that takes place over the next couple months on the, uh, you know, on the retail racks out there, your various grocery stores and pharmacies. I'm with you hundred percent. Like this is uh, my way of saying that like, you ever want to talk football? I'm back anytime you want. If you agree with my Reese's take, I'm back anytime you want me on the show. Field, you're the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks, and uh, especially when it's Thank so you. busy out there in Indy. It's Field Yates, everybody. Sounds NFL good. insider for ESPN. Thank you. Bye. He's great. It's so busy right now. I really appreciate him taking some time today. Reese is my favorite candy. Is it? And I'm not obsessed with the shape, the shape, this and that. See, I think there is a different chocolate to peanut butter ratio in those. And mm. I like the little extra peanut butter chunk that they give you, whether it's the heart, the egg, the tree, whatever it is. We have an HR meeting here every other Thursday. And we go over to the building there that's at the old Methodist church there on 3rd Street. And when they go, they have Reese's, chilled Reese's ready for me when Ooh. I go to the meeting, the staff of the HR. Do you know what season it is right now? Girl Scout cookie season. Yeah, they're they're everywhere. Do they're you at have the supermarkets? Do you have a ranking? Your top three Girl Scout cookies. I haven't Scout had them cookies? in a long time. What? Yeah, I haven't had. Oh, Girl it is Scout an annual tradition. In a lot long time. The thing that I'm that I most lament about sweets and things is, is that we can't get eggnog all year round. Some You're places, a big eggnog guy. Some places will have it now at Easter time. They'll have eggnog again. But so I have to search That's them out. That's very random. Oh, I love eggnog. You don't hear a lot of people. But it's painful. Eggnog because it clogs you up. So, <laughs> you know, you have to you do it with a bit of pain. You have, there's a tolerance level for how much you can drink. Valid points it all is. around. You throw a little booze in there at the holidays, <laughs> oh, oh, too. Yes. Don't hate that. But I um, I got really excited because my husband yesterday brought home some Samoas and Thin Mints. Mm, and thin mints. like, yes, mm. Samoas, thin, thin Mints and Tagalongs, I would say, are the top trio of Girl Scout cookies. Feel free to at me if you disagree, but there's it's not really a conversation <laughs> at all in my mind. We are going to take a quick time out. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio discover more shows and movies for free 
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use the promo code VSEN when you sign up. That's V-S-I-N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We are less than a month out from first pitch of the 2024 MLB season. And in case you didn't know, fun fact, this year will actually begin in Korea with the Dodgers and Padres facing off in the Seoul Series and then the true opening day. All 30 teams coming out on March 28th. Spring training, meanwhile, underway. Adam Burke covers everything on this network. We had a great conversation talking college hoops before the break, but now let's turn it to the Major League Baseball slate and talk because you have an article out right now about how to bet spring training. We've got a free MLB primer that's available on vcin.com that you put together. What are just some of the key things that people should know at this point in the year before the season gets underway? Yeah, I mean, I guess we can start with spring training since that's what's going on right now. And, and some of the things that I would look for in terms of betting, you know, and I actually shared a tool from a good buddy of mine uh, at MLB Dream on Twitter. You know, he's got a list over at the site that he works for uh, FTN Bets of the pitchers that are going to pitch that day. You know, the managers tell you everything in spring training. They tell you who's going to pitch. They tell you who's going to follow who. Obviously, you know who's in the lineup, but they also know, you know, who's going to be available in terms of when those starters leave, stuff like that. So it's kind of like the NFL preseason where the managers will tell you everything, tell you who's going to be out there and for how long. So that can be a really, really good betting angle for you to take a look at with spring training. Weather is a huge factor. Again, games are played in Florida and in Arizona. It's warmer. Obviously, in Arizona, you get a little bit of elevation there in the Scottsdale, Phoenix area. So the ball carries a little bit better. You know, there are a lot of things you can look at to kind of give yourself an edge for spring training, just if you're able to jump in front of line moves. If you can bet early on a team that's going to move, whether they move down or move up, that can be really, really positive for you. And the other one that I think is worth keeping in mind, especially as we get closer to the start of the regular season, Games that are broadcast on TV back to the home fans, that's usually going to be a game where a manager is going to put out his best lineup. They want to try to sell tickets. They want to try to sell interest and buzz in the team. You know, the broadcasters are going to know more about those players. They're going to be more informed. So those are some things that you can take a look at when it comes to betting on spring training. 
I know a lot of people are probably laughing out there saying bet on spring training. What are you talking about? I, I can tell you betting on the NHL preseason and the NFL preseason have been two of my most profitable sports because of the information that you can get that is readily available and the lack of action you see on a lot of these games because you're not seeing the amount of bets and the limits are a little lower. The books are not paying nearly as much attention to these games. So spring training can definitely be something profitable if you're willing to put the work in. Like Adam said, if you have those re- resources to go and find out, okay, who's pitching, who is playing, who has the advantage here if there's a split squad where are the better players at on that split split squad so which side of the is that team focusing on it can give you an edge over the books just because of their lack of interest overall because of the lack of handle that you're going to see on it now adam let's jump into the world series odds we had a really interesting conversation this last weekend on the handle specifically about the dodgers right now they're sitting as the favorite plus 350 and i think both matt and i agreed they should be the favorite but is there any value on them at 350? Is this a number that's going to be sitting there all summer so you don't have to bet it now and tie your money up? Or is this the best number we're going to see on the Dodgers as they head into the regular season? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, the Dodgers should be the favorite. I mean, you get Shohei Otani, you get Yamamoto. They had such a phenomenal core in place to begin with. But you're right. I mean, let's say that this team starts, you know, 10 and 10 over their first 20 games. And all of a sudden, the Padres get off to a really hot start or the Giants who are you know, kind of one of those, um, you know, in vogue teams in, in some respects. So if that happens and the Braves, get, let's say the Braves start, you know, like the Rays did last year or something like that. I mean, that was a really, really big outlier, but you may see the Dodgers at five to one, five fifty, six to one, something like that. You're probably going to get a better price than plus three fifty at some point throughout the course of the season. So no, I definitely wouldn't tie my money up for, you know, at this point, what about eight months, on a plus 350, something like that, or even seven months for opening day. That's not something that I would look to do. So, you know, for me, my approach to World Series futures, I don't bet a lot of them, but the ones that I do look for, I try to find teams that I think will gain equity as we go throughout the course of the season. Maybe teams that have a weak schedule to start the year, teams that play in a bad division that, you know, could be the best team in that division, looking to pick on, say, the AL Central or the NL Central, something like that. I want to get a team that's, you know, 40 to one that winds up being 20 to one throughout most of the season, something like that to where maybe they get a home series in the playoffs. And then I can decide what I want to do from there because we all know how volatile the major league baseball playoffs are, but that's my hope. I try to find some mid and long shot types of teams that I like because look, I mean, the Braves, when they won the world series in 2021, they were 50 to one, 60 to one in the month of August. And then they played a really weak schedule, jumped into first place, rode that on through a title. So you know, I don't want to play the favorites now. I look to play some long shots that have you know higher playoff probabilities than what the market is pricing them at. Well, and Adam, you even look at last year's matchup, right, with the Rangers and Diamondbacks and how long those odds were prior to the season for those teams specifically. I thought it was interesting reading through your primer that when you talk about the Dodgers and not wanting to bet a plus 350 at this point in the year, you have to go back to 2016 to find the last time that the preseason favorite actually went on to win the World Series, and it was the Cubs against the Indians in that one. What do you think about the Braves in general? Just curious, because this is a team that's had the best record in baseball over the last couple of years, 205 wins in two seasons, and has nothing to show for it since winning that World Series. Well, I mean, their position player core is exceptional, and they've done such a really, really smart job with locking up a lot of those guys to very, very team-friendly contracts. Uh, That was something that John Hart did with the Indians back in the 90s, and that's something that he kind of carried over with this Braves team as well. And, you know, Alex Anthopoulos has really you know, carried that, that torch going forward. But look, I mean, this year, if Max Fried is healthy and you've got Spencer Strider, who apparently, you know, has added some new weapons and kind of tinkered with his arsenal. And then, oh, by the way, you've got Chris Sale, who 
I don't know what you're going to get from him. I don't know how many innings he's going to give you, but whatever he gives you should be pretty good. And as long as he gets through spring training healthy, that would be a really big win for the Braves, at least at this point in time. And, you know, these teams that are close, right, they work on kind of building up their depth. And the one thing for the Braves last year, while the young pitchers didn't come up and pitch all that well when they had a bunch of injuries, those guys got really, really valuable experience to where their rotation is probably nine or ten guys deep now, as opposed to maybe being six or seven last year. So I think this Braves team is really, really, really strong. They're very well run. They've got a good manager in Brian Snicker. Their lineup does everything. The bullpen is solid. If the starting rotation is healthier than it was last year, honestly, I could see a scenario. And again, the Dodgers on name value and all that alone. But I could see a scenario where the Braves just spend most of the year kind of being that World Series favorite. Now, one of the most interesting markets to me heading into the season here is is the AL MVP market. You've got Shohei Otane, who's switched leagues, so he has now moved over toward the NL. So you take out your perennial favorite. Aaron Judge right now, your favorite at 5-1. to one. Someone who I, I have some injury concerns. Can he be able to consistently stay in the lineup and put up those numbers? After that, it feels like it's just a little bit of a mess. I put a little ticket in on Bo Bichette at 30 to one, hoping that he can have a little bounce back year and be a little healthier this year. Are there any long shots in the AL MVP market that you're interested in? Any long shots? Well, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't really do a whole lot with player awards because I mean, like any other sport, if a guy gets hurt, you can kind of forget about it. And with major league baseball, 162 games, it is a massive grind. It is very easy to get banged up. I may get into the in season markets as opposed to the preseason markets, But as far as long shots go, you know, look, I mean, I I think that, you know, when you kind of look at a guy like Jose Ramirez at 25 to one, right, the the Guardians have a really, really good starting rotation. They have very little to work with on the position player side. And Jose Ramirez is the type of guy capable of carrying this offense. He plays gold glove caliber defense at third base. Uh, He's a guy that has really established himself as one of the top you know, 15 top 20 players in all of major league baseball, 25 to one is not a long shot price. I wouldn't say, but he is a guy that will be there from a wins above replacement standpoint. Uh, The guardians are kind of preaching, adding a little bit more power in terms of their approach at the plate here during spring training that can kind of turn him loose a little bit. Somebody's got to get on base in front of him to get the counting numbers. But that's a guy who, to me, he should be priced up there in that 15 to one range because of the diversity of his skill set and the fact that without him, it's kind of a drought theory, right? Without him, the Guardians offense is, you know, I mean, they're always bottom five anyway, it feels like, but they're really awful. So he's a guy that I think should get a lot of attention throughout the course of the season. Adam, last minute here, any season win total bets that caught your eye early? So I haven't played any yet. And in fact, I will be starting to post my team previews today over at vcin.com. That will be kind of our premium version of my MLB guide. I will say this, I'll bet unders early, but I wait to bet overs. Even if they do go up a little bit, the individualized nature of baseball, the individual player value, I want to know that these teams are getting to opening day healthy and under an injury can only help me. You know, I hate taking advantage of those situations, but an injury can only help me as far as overs. I really want to make sure that team gets to the last week of March healthy before I look to invest in any of those. Adam, you're awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us for the last half hour. 
Absolutely. Thank you. That's Adam managing editor. And as he referenced, he's already got the the free MLB betting primer that's available on VEASAN.com right now, but there's going to be a premier version that's coming out here soon. He's going to have those team previews, division previews, futures thoughts, all of the great things coming up here before we officially have first pitch coming up in about a month. We're going to hit the break when we come back, resetting for hour two, get into some more of the NFL news and notes coming out of this week's Combine. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 